coming to you from Michigan, USA, and listened to by people all over the planet. Get ready to be safe and sound with Sean Sparkman. Sparkman. Never take your eyes off your opponent, even when you bow. Welcome to the Safe and Sound Podcast. My name is Sean Sparkman, your host. I'm really excited to be bringing you in person today Pastor Clark from Grace Centers of Hope. He has built quite the organization over the years. Pastor Clark, could you please tell us a little bit about what you guys do? Well, we're the oldest, largest homeless shelter in, I would say, the state of Michigan doing what we do. We're not simply a feeding trough for drug addicts but actually a place where God is at the heart of what we do. We are a Christian 501c3, and we're in the business of seeing people's lives changed and turned around and becoming productive citizens. And how long have you guys been doing that? Oh, this is the oldest center um, in, in the state, I believe. I've been here for over 30 years. Wow. Yeah. And what led you to this type of ministry? Well... Years ago, I was asked to be on the board of Pontiac Rescue Mission. Pontiac Rescue Mission, that was our name years ago. We changed the name uh, simply because we do so much more than simply, you know, a hot cup of coffee and a donut. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and then see people come in and out. When I came here to Pontiac Rescue Mission, basically that was happening. Lives weren't being changed totally for the good. Kind of a philosophy of lock them up and lock them down and throw some food in the room every once in a while, make sure they don't starve to death. If that's all you're doing, that's horrible charity. You're simply keeping the drug addict alive. Ninety, probably 98% of the people who are here are addicted to drugs and or alcohol. All you're doing is feeding them and keeping them alive. It really can't be called charity. Right. And when you were initially starting up here in Michigan, where what were you doing before that? I was pastoring a, a small Baptist church over in Sterling Heights. And they asked me to be on the board. And I soon learned that uh, we were a revolving door here. Same guys in, same get guys out. Feed them, clothe them, shelter them draw a welfare check, disappear for two weeks, buy their drugs, and come back, and we did the whole thing again. As time went on, I became chairman of the board and soon saw that what we were doing was not really good and began to push the board to start a long-term program uh, that was Christ-centered, that people need a new heart, they need salvation, they need to come to know him on the inside. A change on the inside will make a change on the outside. Yeah, I love that. And the facility here, I did a brief tour before we started today. I mean, it really is amazing what you guys are doing because it's got everything. And I love that you've got a center for the men and a center for women. And then you also focus on, of course, helping the children as well. But the program takes people from beginning to end where they have the ability to then transition into real life. So what does that look like for, like, say, somebody that comes in from beginning to end? Well, that's from uh, what we call from homelessness to home ownership. That's what we do here through the gospel. 
which is the power of God under salvation. Something, I can't emphasize that enough, that something has to change on the inside. Really, a miracle transition, something God does on the inside of people. The heroin epidemic that we're going through right now here in our own country and around the world is killing, here in America, killing 100 people a day. Uh, we're, we're seeing people die, OD, wow. here. And I've had nine funerals of young people already this year. So people are overdosing. It's a powerful, powerful demon. And my message is the only power that can deal with the power of heroin is the Holy Spirit in changing people's hearts and lives. And we're seeing that happen. So a person comes in to either the men's center here at 35 East Huron or goes up to 210 North Perry, which is the women and children's center. And they are required to be in church on Wednesdays and Sundays where they hear the gospel. Our classes are have a gospel-centeredness about them. So everything here is Christ-centered about an inward change. And it's a year-long program, right? A year-long program. Then they graduate from the one-year program. They do well. Uh, we do, of course, surprise drug testing here. And if they do well, they graduate. Then they move over into Little Grace Village and live together there in our houses. We have 52, we'll have 55 before too long here before the spring and summer are over where they live and so for those that don't know Pontiac very well because there's going to be a lot of listeners that may have never even seen the city can you talk a little bit about what the purchasing of those houses has done for the involvement of the community and the impact that it's made on the city of Pontiac well first of all we started buying these houses approximately 12 to 15 years ago and we would buy them at the Oakland County auction primarily and we might pay ten dollars I know some houses we paid thirty dollars for yeah you were showing me some of the pictures of the houses that you paid ten bucks for yeah what the comment you made was I don't even know if it was worth the ten dollars at the time that's right I have (laughs) thought after we began to fix them up that we might have paid too much for those houses but they are beautiful old homes. Most of them built uh, around 1903, 1904. They're together in a given neighborhood. I mean, we don't buy one house on the east side of Pontiac, another on the north side, and, you know, put people in them. We, we try to build a neighborhood. Community living is so very, very important. People living in community and getting their life back and a Christ-centered community. And they watch out for one another. They pay rent. They have a job. They're working. And uh, live like the rest of us are learning to live. And we're seeing absolutely great and awesome things. I would say to your listeners, you are more than welcome to come and see what's happening here. It's an amazing, amazing thing to see an entire neighborhood transform. When I came to Pontiac, 30-some years ago, this place was in lockdown. It was a drug-infested, gang-infested, bankrupt city. And Saginaw Street, which is our main drag here, was literally boarded up. When the Super Bowl came to Pontiac, Silver Dome, they opened those, uh, took the shutters off those buildings and turned them into bars. And then as soon as the Super Bowl is over, they boarded the place back up. But we were in trouble here. Now this city's making a real comeback. And of course, we're the county seat of Oakland County, first, second, third wealthiest county in the United States. 
Pontiac ought to be a, a bright spot, a beautiful yeah. spot. And we're seeing to some degree that happen. It's happening slowly, but it is happening. You know what I love is that not only is Pontiac coming back, but Detroit itself is coming back as well. And, you know, last week on the podcast, I interviewed, like I was telling you before we started, Chris Lambert, who's at Life Remodeled, who's making an impact down there. And that's cool because he also has a Christ-centered organization. But I love that what you guys have done over the last 30 years, it's like sending out ripples in a pond, right? You throw a stone and those ripples go out because every neighborhood that you transform affects the neighborhoods around it. And the same thing that's happening in Detroit, and it's really just bringing back the whole metro Detroit area and the other thing I love is it's bringing people together, like you said, into a community. And it's breaking down the barriers that have been built over you know, decades, especially you know, the racial barriers of white and black. And it's breaking it down, and people are living together, and it's all because of... It's all because of him, the him being Christ. Family is the building block of a solid society. And what we've seen in America is a total breakdown of the family. What we're seeing at Grace Centers of Hope and Grace Gospel Fellowship is men and women coming and getting their life back, getting their children back, getting married, buying a home, finding themselves in the house of God with a local church. And that local church is what I would call a Book of Acts church, where it's turning a city upside down. It's an amazing thing here. We own and worship in the Old Clutch Cargo Nightclub, which was a congregational church building 100 years ago one of the oldest in the state of Michigan. And that building was bought and purchased and given to us by a friend and then gave over $500,000 to bring that church back to what it looked like 100 years ago. And so every Sunday and Wednesday, you'll find four to 500 people there uh, worshiping God. That's amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about you as a person. You said before we started that you were born and raised in Kentucky. I was. Yeah. My dad was pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Warren, Michigan. That's how we got to Michigan. He was called up here to pastor that church at Eight Mile and Van Dyke. And so I graduated from Lincoln High School in Warren and then went off to um, seminary and came back here. And we started, I pastored a couple of churches in Kentucky and then moved back here and started a church in Sterling Heights. And then here we are. So is your dad's path of being a pastor, is that what led you to wanting to do the same thing? Actually, I didn't want to. Okay. I wanted to be a professional football player. <laughs> For the Detroit Lions? Uh, well, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not right now, although I have a grandson playing for the Lions. Yeah, I loved football in high school. So I, you know, I tried to make a deal with the Lord about you know, if he would help me to become a professional football player. And uh, I'd seen all the ends of churchanity, which some of you might be offended by what I'm about to say, but some of you who've been in the church for years knows that there, there can be real problems inside the church. So I saw that a lot, and I just wanted to be free to preach the gospel of God's grace and mercy, and didn't really want to pastor that much, but... You know what the Lord wants? He brings those things to pass. And I'm very happy about that now. This is, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world than downtown Pontiac in an inner city church. So on my show, every single episode, I always talk about a couple of different things. The first one is success. The second one is failure. And I love failure because 
everybody fails, period. You have mm-hmm. to fail in life, but and we're going to fail more times than we actually succeed. But it's what do you do with those failures and how do you use them to further your service in life? So what is something that you have failed at in life that you're willing to share? Well, I think, uh, first of all, the Apostle Paul in, in Romans 7 said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I failed many, many times. But uh, there's also a passage of scripture that says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Christians all have a point in life where they do fail, but they get up. They don't stay down because the Spirit of God is in us. And I've seen uh, many things, many, many. This is, to me, this is the most exciting, wonderful, scary life of living by faith. I need about $40,000 a day to keep this place open. We have almost a $7, $8 million budget here. We receive no government funding. Failure is just one day away here. I mean, <laughs> unless, unless God blesses this place. And that's one of the reasons that I say to our staff and to our church constantly, give God all the glory. This is not a Kent Clark thing going on here. This is a God thing. And there is no way to explain Grace Centers of Hope and Grace Gospel Fellowship without saying God did that. I can tell you stories of how we have gotten millions of dollars donated to us by individuals that are just absolutely miraculous. You want me to tell you one? I do. All right. (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) I was in TCF Bank. This has been uh, probably eight years ago. And I had a five-gallon bucket with coins in it that people had donated. And I was pouring it into the coin counter in TCF Bank. And an old guy came up with a little quart jar of coins and kind of cleared his throat. And I turned around and said to him, you know, I can cash out and come back and you can do your coins if you'd like. No, he said, just go ahead and do that. And then he cleared his throat again. I turned back around and he said to me, could I ask you a personal question? And I said, well, well, of course you can. He goes, where do you get your hair? And I said to him, well, Pete's been cutting my hair for 30 years. I'll get the phone number for you. I'm sure he'd be glad to help you if you need someone to cut your hair. He said, is that a charity? I said, it is. Grace Centers of Hope. Never heard of it, he said. He said, my wife, I found her dead in bed last week. And we have so many things that I need to give away. Do you have thrift stores? I said, we do. We have four thrift stores. I said, I'll get you the number. They'll come out and pick those things up. I'm sorry to hear about your wife. Well, about a week uh, passed, and uh, someone came running from the kitchen and said, hey, there was an old guy named Bill in here. He left this check, told me to give it to you. You'd know who he was. And it was, I don't know, $7,000. It was a big check. Right. So I called him and thanked him, and he invited me over to his house. He said, I'd like for you to come over. I'd like to talk to you. And uh, he became a major donor is what I'm telling. I was in Big Boy having breakfast one morning, and he was in there. I just met him, and he hollered across at me, Hey, Pastor, come over to my table. I have another personal question I want to ask you. And he said, Will you preach my funeral? And I said, Oh, Bill, I'm so sorry. He said, About what? I'm not dying. <laughs> he said, I just, uh, my wife died. I have, I, I met you. I like you. 
and I'd like for you to preach my funeral. I see you're buying that bar over in Pontiac. I'd like my funeral in the bar. And I said, well, okay then. Later on, he said to me, do you play golf? I said, I'm a horrible golfer. He said, that's <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. We're going to play golf every Thursday morning. And we became very close friends. And he gave thousands of dollars to to Grace Centers. But one day he called me. It's kind of a long story, but it ends really good. Okay. One day he called me and he said, can you come up to Beaumont Hospital? I've got a, I've got a real problem. I went up there. He said, they've given me 30 days to live. I have a brain tumor. I have cancer. And he said, remember what you, you promised me. He said, you know what you told me so many times out on the golf course? And I said, well, yeah, I do. And I said that you're a sinner and need a savior. And that you're giving away money to a homeless sinner is not going to take you to heaven. He said, yeah, that's what you told me. And he said, what you didn't know is that I had a housekeeper who cleaned my house, who told me that for 20 years, that I needed a Savior, and I was a sinner. And she came up here last night and led me to Christ. Wow. And he was converted. Well, he passed away. We had his funeral over here. And we were just talking about turning the Women and Children's Center, or, or the old church building, into a Women and Children's Center. And I was up in the balcony of the church over here, Bill's body was up front in the casket. I was up there with his son, Bill's son. And Bill's son said to me, what would it cost to put my dad's name on that Women and Children's Center that you're going to build? And I said, well, I think it's a million dollars. He said, I'm going to give that to you. He gave us a million dollars. That man has probably given $4 million in the last five or six years. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a miracle story. Yeah. What's the chances of you meeting a guy in TCF Bank who wants to know where you get your haircut? And six, seven million dollars come out of that. That's right. a true story. That's you a know, God story. That's amazing. I, I tell people all the time, and I believe it's 100%, and I know you do, that everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. 100%. And that's just one of a bajillion stories out there that show that it's true. Our God is in charge, and he's a sovereign God. And Romans eight twenty eight is a powerful verse to me. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So every day I live in the glory and the excitement of what is God going to do today. Yeah, and you know, for the people that are listening, you can't see the glow that comes off of Pastor Clark and the love that is really in his eyes. And that it's really an amazing thing. And if you ever have the chance to come down to Pontiac, like you said, you should come down, shake his hand, and take a tour of the building and get involved in helping them out because I've been supporting them for years and I believe 100% in the mission of what they do. And it's an absolutely amazing thing that you're doing. And I know you guys do a lot for women and children. So what do you do that is special in that area? Well, in the beginning, the old Pontiac Rescue Mission was mainly men. And, uh, you know, they got a bowl of soup and a piece of bread and was turned out during the day and did that cycle of drawing a welfare check and came back. But then we began to see, after the O.J. Simpson trial, we began to see literally uh, women and children coming out of the woodwork, needing a place to stay, that were abused and, and homeless. And as strange as it was, it was in the month of July. Every July we would just see... I don't know whether it was the warm weather and a mom with a with a child felt like she could leave that abusive situation because it was warm outside. 
Um, but we saw hundreds, hundreds of women asking and calling here for a place to stay. We didn't have the facility. And that's why we built our $5 million women and children's center up the street, just finished state-of-the-art daycare building, over a million dollars cost to put our kids in there, over 40. Well, we have room now for, what, 79, 79 children up there. So moms with, with children, abused, battered, and using. What happens many, many times, the family begins to fall apart. The husband is using... He introduces his wife, and the family just disintegrates. And before she knows it, she's on the street, back with her parents, stealing from them to get money to buy her drugs, prostituting, loses her life. What a glorious thing salvation in Christ is. It can take the woman who has totally lost her life and is street walking and working and turn that woman around to a godly queen and princess. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Pastor, is there anything that I should ask you that I'm not thinking of? Not that I can not I can think of. I, I want to say I appreciate you coming. I appreciate you talking with me. I believe Grace Centers is probably the best kept secret, uh, certainly in this county. It's a miracle place. I invite all of those of uh, your listeners out there to come and see volunteer, roll up your sleeves and get in the battle. People don't need a cold check from Washington. They need somebody to come alongside, a compassionate somebody. Volunteer in our kitchen, served 150,000 meals last year, gave over 50,000 nights of stay here at Grace Centers. The church needs to get back in the battle again. And we, I'm not trying to be political at all, but I am saying this, for a long, long time, I did, didn't believe America would ever come back. I think we have an opportunity here that God has given us, and the church must take action and get involved. Well, I think you said best-kept secret. Things like this are going to be the things that help get that secret out because it shouldn't be a secret. People should see and come experience and know what you guys are doing because you are making an impact in the community. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, political, non-political, you can come and physically see the changes that have been made in a community over the last 30 years, and it's an absolutely amazing thing. I do want to ask you one other question. That It's just kind of a fun question. Okay. What are you curious about? What am I curious about? Yeah. Probably what I want to see happen before I leave this world is a real awakening, a revival. You know, somebody called me last night and said, we're having a revival over at our church. I can't do such and such. And I said, man, if you're having revival, then that's awesome. But revival is actually where God comes down and does what we cannot do. And miraculous things happen. And I believe we have a, you know, I would never have dreamed that I would live in a day where botched abortion, babies would be born and be put to death by a doctor. But the fact is, and it's public knowledge that this is happening in America, it's hard for me to believe that the church can sit still and not do something about that. So... I guess I'm uh, I'm on the firing line. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love it. And for all of you that are out there, thank you very much for listening today. I hope you got a lot out of the conversation. And like I said earlier, 
take part in what's going on here. Just get a little bit and see the difference that are made in people's lives. Uh, Pastor, for people that want to learn more about you and the organization, where can they go? Well, Mitzi's sitting in here with us. They can certainly contact her. But the, you, you can go online to gracecentersofhope.org or you can call 248-334-2187. What else can folks do? Uh, they can visit our Facebook page. Yes. That's a great place. They can come in, just stop in, and we'd be happy to give a tour pretty much any time. Great. Well, thank you for listening, Pastor. Thank you very much for being on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for listening to Safe and Sound Radio with Sean Sparkman. Sean Sparkman. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, contact Sean at 313-246-9278 or visit the website at www.safeandsoundretirement.net. That's www.safeandsoundretirement.net. I must leave.